This is episode 37. It is the third episode in my new series called Familia Emprendedora. In this episode, you'll meet my mom. She shares her different business ventures. And we also have a conversation about what the meaning and feeling of an entrepreneur is. Enjoy! Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome everyone to another episode of Relate and Elevate and I have a very special guest here, my mom my madre or mommy. So you're here for my Familia Emprendedora series. Would you like to introduce yourself and say whatever you'd like to introduce yourself? My name is Eva Eloisa Cermeño Clemente. And uh, what would I like to say? Well, thank you for having me and... It's uh, it's kind of, what kind of feeling am I feeling? Interesting feeling. Uh, um, I think I'm a little nervous that my daughter is interviewing me. Because um, I see you as my daughter and right now. It's, you're not my daughter. You're a person that's going to ask me questions and I need to see if I'm going to have the right answer. But I guess any answer is the right answer as long as it's coming from my heart. So, a question. <laughs> when I first asked you to be on my podcast, your answer was, why me? Why? I'm not an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. Let's talk about that. <laughs> why... Why don't you see yourself as an entrepreneur? Um, I just think that an entrepreneur is a person who has a business and is making their living off of their business and it continues to be successful. And um, I've had many different areas of making a living at and they didn't continue for different reasons but so I guess that's why I didn't feel that I was an entrepreneur because it wasn't a continuing business if that makes sense so what have been your experiences with owning a business Mm. I've had a cafe with you Mm-hmm. I've had a Mexican restaurant, um, catering business. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I did 
do sell uh, doTERRA oils, but I don't really do anything about it to get clients. I just get these little checks in the mail. So um, what else have I done? Um, I'm sure there's more things and you'll probably remember more than me, but... I remember you guys used to sell Herbalife. Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago, but um, I think more your dad was more interested. I, I came along for the for the social part. When, when you and dad were together, you also worked in the real estate as mm, I in helped his him a business. little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But that, that, is, that is a business, and you yeah. managed it and ran it, pretty much. Um, well, I wouldn't say I, I ran it, but I helped him. I helped him. What I remember is that during the time that you helped him was the time that he became very, very successful. Mm, possibly. I'm not taking ownership, but possibly. But um, yet, Mabel, she helped. It was it was good when she was his assistant and I was her assistant, and that's when he did really, really well. So, but I know I have good organizational skills, um, and um, that was a big part of it, especially when you have to be detailed like that. And I, I consider myself being more detailed and project more project type of person give me a project leave me alone don't bug me let me play my music and yeah and then I'll get it done so out of all of the business ventures that you've participated in what has been your favorite oh I'd have to say um probably when we had the lounge when we had the, the, Latin, the lounge. Latin lounge, when we had the Latin lounge, um, I really, really enjoy baking, cooking. Like I just said earlier, it's my, I, I like doing projects. So for me, it was like a project. Like I have so many cookies to bake. I have so many cakes to bake. So I would set up, I don't know if you remember, I just put the pieces of parchment paper and I'd write on those and what I had to do. And even when I'm, if I'm going to cook for a large amount of people, I just write down on my menu and all the ingredients or the components to make one dish or five dishes, whatever, or cakes or pastries, whatever I'm making. So just me having music on and... And being able to be in that, in my own mind, just doing my own um, work and letting it flow, that is what I enjoy. So in the Latin Lounge, that's how I worked, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And and I, I really enjoyed that. And you didn't do that in the other businesses? But I also want to point out that I almost... Well, all of the business ventures that you <laughs> that you mentioned are all revolved around food. All around food, <laughs> so, yeah. Like yeah. Mexican restaurants, the Latin Lounge. It was like a it was a cafe, but we also sold beer and wine, and there mm-hmm. was food. And then your catering, sweet mm-hmm. life catering, mm-hmm. and yeah. then even even DoTerra. I mean, you 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 I, do something I, to get a paycheck or get a check, so you do. I so just, you share or whether. 
whether you consciously do it like you do it like you share the information and then however way that you share it people like it so they continue to purchase it that's why yeah they do like even doTERRA is not like actual food but it is like for like for your well-being for your well-being Mm -hmm. for your body right? right so yeah so all of your business ventures are food it is it is um I'm just thinking about a few years back, someone said to me, so what is your passion? And then I thought, I don't know, maybe, maybe I I like, um, I like working with children and baking. Oh, and then this person said, baking and children. And I, then we were laughing because I go, oh, that doesn't sound good. I don't want to bake the children, but, (laughs) but I would like to teach children how to bake. And with your children, my grandkids, I've baked a lot. And even with godkids and nieces and nephews that have come over. And um, I'd like just to bake and cook with them. I remember you said you wanted to open up like a baking school. Baking school at and some have point. a kids' yeah. baking school. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, when I was younger, 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> So. Is that something you still want to do? No, I don't think so. No. No, I don't think so, no. What, out of all of the businesses you've owned, which one was the most difficult and why? Um, I would say the restaurant probably. Well, can you share people like what it was? It was a, a Mexican restaurant, opened it up in the early 90s, um, and we served enchiladas, tacos, tamales, tostadas, burritos, tacos. It was really kind of like home-style food. It was home-style, not a taqueria. It wasn't taqueria. It no. wasn't like restaurant-style Mexican uh, Mexican food here, like here in the It was very homey, yeah, very home-cooked home, home cooked food. How long did that end up being open for? Uh, probably about a year and a half, a year, a year and eight months or so. I, I remember that it was like an old pizza hut or something like that, right? Yeah, it was. It was, it was a really, old. I remember going, like we all went, all, me and my brother and my sister, we went to go see it. And it was disgusting, gross. Like it smelled like rotten pizza in there. Yeah, it was close for it, a while. There was like a carpet. The carpet was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember that. And then I remember what you all transformed it into. Yeah. And then it was open. Really, it was only open for one and a half years. I think about a year and eight months, more or less. Yeah. But how long did it take for all the renovation and everything before that? Uh, probably like. Four months, five months. So, like, all overall, it was, like, two years. Yeah, about two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that... So... Like, what was difficult about it? Challenging parts? Yeah. Um, well, the... The fact that you all three were so young, that was challenging. I would come yeah, home Yeah, because I was, and, like, ten, yeah, right? And Nine or ten? Mariel was in first grade. Alex was in kinder or yeah i think i was like i must have been nine or like fifth grade or something nine or ten uh you know to to have um a demanding 
job and business that you're not getting paid for um, and not being able to spend the time with your family. So that was difficult. Although all three of you spent a lot of time there. Alex would help me bust tables because he was in kindergarten. So he only went to school half half day and the rest of the time he worked at the <laughs> restaurant. Um, so that was challenging not to be with uh, with you. And the, the recession hit at that time. So um, seeing that the customers dwindled and dwindled and dwindled at a time that it should have been going the opposite. You know, I should have it should have been more people and more people coming in. Um, and just my lack of experience of not having worked myself in food service other than um, my experience came from because I've always loved to cook since I was a child. But uh, we did have we did have some hired hired cooks, home cooks that that cooked really delicious foods. Uh, but um, so those are more my challenging parts to it. Um, it's like weird because I'm like listening and I'm just like, okay, there was no social media. There weren't even like self like. I don't even think you all had cell phones yet, right? No. Oh no. There was like nothing. No. You all got cell phones before I did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get a cell phone yeah. until after all three of you. Kid, all three of my kids. Like got there were no, no, none of that. Cell phones, no internet. Not even the internet, because the internet was, I think, was almost like when I was in middle school. Well, maybe it was like the beginning of the internet, the but, but it wasn't it. like no, no. out. It wasn't like mm-hmm. for us. We did the to- penny saver. Any <laughs> saver coupons? Yeah, I was gonna say the marketing was flyers and word of mouth, and it was the value coupons that come in the the value mail. pack. Yeah, value pack. There you go. So that was yeah. I like when I get those in the mail still yeah. today. <laughs> I like those. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But but seriously, like no emails, no email no. flyers, Mm-mm. no email lists, just the word of mouth and fly and coupons and stuff yeah and sometimes we'd be packed um there would be conventions in town and sometimes we'd be really really packed and we just had to hustle through the whole thing and not even just not even look up just take one customer one customer and and jump in and do what we had to do yeah but how did you go and market to the hotels Mm. I think a couple times I did, not a lot. Because I was gonna say, how a did people times. from conventions come over here? They just like drove around. Uh, yeah, they they would drive around. People mm. would drive around, but because there was no Yelp, there was no, no there was, not, there <laughs> there was, was no, no like, oh, let's look up no. the local restaurants. And... No, it, it would be more like um, if 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 the Marriott would have chosen. They, you know, you go to the concierge and then you tell them, people would say, oh, is there a Mexican restaurant? Oh, yeah, there's one right up the road here or you mm-hmm. know, like that. Yeah, because there's a lot of hotels around here, mm-hmm. uh, around around the restaurant, like really close nearby. Yeah. It's just intri- interesting. Like now I'm thinking about like what was marketing like? That's how oh, my gosh, was. like 27 years ago, <laughs> almost 30 years ago. And Enough. 50 years ago, I wonder, you know, it's the same thing. Word of mouth, really. 
really yeah, word of building mouth. a reputation, word of mouth, which is still right now, I say the most effective form of marketing because even social media, when people share your business on social media, mm-hmm. it's word of mouth. It's it because is. they like it. They're sharing that they're at your location. They're taking a picture. They tag the business where they're at. So that's that's word of mouth, and that's building a reputation and trust. Like if oh, if my yeah. friend posts about this business that they're having lunch or or dinner here or they're having an event here, then like I'm gonna think about that business now because my friend recommended it to me on right. social media, right? So that right. so word of mouth is still like one of the most effective ways to market. That's crazy. I never really thought about it like that. Like, yeah, no, it is, and and also uh, for myself, it's it's I like to experience it on my own. I do ask for recommendations here and there, but many times um, it has to do with you what you like. Because I can go somewhere and say oh, this place is the best place ever. And, you know, and I just absolutely loved it. And someone else will not. Um, and and why I'm saying that is that one time someone came in to the restaurant. It was called El Camino Mexicano. Someone came in there once and asked for tacos. We served the tacos. And the lady looked, she goes, what are these? And we said, Tacos. These are not tacos. These are not like Taco Bell tacos. I said, well, we're not Taco Bell. And she said, well, I don't want them. I said, okay. So she got up and walked out. I mean, that was not a place that she would recommend because that's not what she was looking for, you know. So like the same, we all have our likes. Is What I'm getting to is we all have our likes and what we're more partial to than what we're not or what our vision is or what we're our, our experience and what we expect from something yeah and the, you guys also sold a lot of like non-taco bell food there <laughs> like um no, none of it was taco none bell of it food. was like not bashing taco bell and the people that love taco bell no i'm gonna straight up say taco bell is gross <laughs> don't eat their people <laughs> But anyway, um, it also, okay, one of the things that I think about, about that, about El Camino Mexicano is that at that time, there weren't a lot of Mexican restaurants around here. There still kind of aren't, like, if you go to other places, like, there's, like, way more uh, Mexican restaurants, but around here, I don't even think it really was a good market for it either. No, there was um, Super Burrito, who's, they've been there forever. Yeah, and they've been there for such a long time. It's just them and then Don Picos in San Bruno. And Don Picos doesn't exist anymore. No, but but they were there for uh, when We're talking about when yeah, Camino Mexicano like was open. 27 years ago. They, they were the Those other were ones. the only two. But now, they, were, they were really established already. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Mm-hmm. But... Also, I would say that the food, like the home-style Mexican food that El Camino Mexicano had, was really geared towards Mexican people. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, yeah. and I don't think there was a huge population around here. No. So I don't, yeah, 
I think that was also one thing because, um, or, or the, or it, it's one of those places where it takes a, a while for people to, um, like it takes to get introduced a to couple a years style. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. To get yeah. introduced to, to something it. new and to understand like the authenticity of it right. and really like it. I think it's different now because of social media. Because social media has opened so many doors to people like um, bringing more experiences right to your fingertips on your phone or your computer, whatever your device is. So um, now people want to go and experience immediately something because they see it. So like this just goes to show you also like the how important the location is of something oh extremely um because you sold the restaurant mm-hmm. to a french vietnamese restaurant right and it still exists it still exists today mm-hmm. and that was 26 mm-hmm. 26 years ago that you sold right. it right or 25 or 26 years and it still exists today and i've gone there one time i went there one time about I want to say maybe like eight years ago, nine years ago, um, something like that. I went there and inside looks almost exactly the same way that you all renovated. Like they're using the same tables, the same, like almost everything. Like you, you guys even created like arches in there and everything, everything is the same. So you turned a Pizza Hut into a Mexican <laughs> restaurant and sold it to a French Vietnamese <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's funny, like when I when you just hear that. But like, there was a lot of a lot of work and a lot of a lot of work, a yeah. lot of learning and a lot mm-hmm. of growth that happened because of that. And that's what makes you an entrepreneur, not the fact that. It's still, it's not open 28 years later. Just because it's not open 28 years later, that's not what makes you an entrepreneur. It's that you actually had a vision and an idea and you carried it out. And the French Vietnamese restaurant is very successful with your visual design of it. But, but I mean, in the other sense, like you learned, like you now know these things, right? Like the location, you know, the recession, you knew about the other restaurants, you knew about Mm -hmm. the comment, like, all of these things you that you lived through and that you saw and that you learned from, like all of those make you an entrepreneur. And that's something that the the it, it really like took me back when you said, Wait, why do you want to interview me? I'm not yeah. an entrepreneur. But then that made me think like maybe there's a lot of people out there that don't see themselves as I an entrepreneur. So. And I think, so. I think it's really important to point it out that like you even say like you get a check from doTERRA but you don't do anything like you obviously do something to get a check like i just give when i hear someone coughing oh here you should use some of this oil but hello you're giving a free sample yeah but that's marketing i guess but i'm not like you don't have you know oh where do you get them oh i sell them well you talk to this lady here here's her number and i just pass them on but so, still, yeah. you did something. Yeah. You passed them yeah. on to your sales team and you get a piece of it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. My, I mean, I also just point this, this out because um, 
me myself also for a while I felt that too like but um I really did some work to see to change the way that I see myself and it's funny or maybe not that funny what you said is that your definition of an entrepreneur is basically someone who's successful in their business business. who's had a long business and making money and living off Mm -hmm. the income of the business um but I've had a few businesses of my own and for a while I did live off of it but then I stopped those businesses you know Mm -hmm. and then I'm not living off of them those businesses now but I am of a different business so someone really helped to point it out to me too that like I was just focusing on the quote-unquote failure part of it Mm, and not the yeah and not that I actually that something good did come of it no matter what so and I think that I've noticed that that's something that a lot of people in a lot of especially women and moms and Latinas we focus a lot on our failures and what we didn't do and what we didn't make happen and it's hard at least for me it's hard to celebrate myself and celebrate oh, I agree and celebrate I agree however big or small the my accompli- mm-hmm. accomplishments are because like I have been seeing um, a coach a life coach and he actually points out to me all of these things like at the beginning of our call he says oh so what have you been up to the past couple weeks and I literally tell him a list of things I'm like oh okay this and this and this and this and this oh yeah and I did this and this and this and his response is like wow wow Giselle like what <laughs> the, did you hear everything that you just said because the way you're saying it is just like oh yeah yeah this this just I just did this he's like no like, Giselle you yeah. made mm-hmm. this happen like you did all of these things to make it happen and he actually gave me homework last month that I needed to celebrate myself more so it's I so like now I'm like noticing mm-hmm. how yeah uh, my homework was to notice myself and celebrate myself but I'm also noticing that other people do that too do the same thing right yeah so I just really wanted to point it out to you and to anybody listening to pay attention to the things that we do to the to the things that we make happen to the things that we're working on Mm -hmm. however big or small they may be because Instead of focusing on what we didn't do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, it, 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 it is, was really hard. It is hard. It is hard to, to, to think about it. And I mean, it's hard for me to think about it and to even think, is that possible? Is that a possibility? Did I really do that? Yeah, I did that. But it was just this. It was just that. I don't see it like a big deal. But, but I guess... It is because that's something I thought of. I did it, accomplished accomplished it, completed it. So it's mine to own. So yeah, I guess uh, 
it is good to look to look at my actions and accomplishments. Okay, so now would you say you consider yourself an entrepreneur? <laughs> uh, half. <laughs> okay. okay. There's, A little more. There's, there's okay, progress. There. Maybe, maybe 68.3%. <laughs> okay. That's I'm getting there. That's more than before. That's right. <laughs> so, um, what... What did you learn from having your own catering business? It was Sweet Life Catering. So that came about after um, we opened up the Latin Lounge. And then um, we, we, that was like about a year and a half to two. About a year and a half, yeah. A year and a half to from beginning to close. That also had issues of location. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, I guess I wanted to work near my home <laughs> and be able to walk to work. But um, but now, I mean, what our vision was then, uh, we'll fast forward 10 years later, and it's tapas bar, tapas bar this, tapas Chinese, tapas Japanese, tapas dim sum, you know, it's... That's kind of what we, we had. Were, we were ahead of our time. No, I think so. And the we location. were actually going to move locations. So we yeah, recognized we that. We recognized that the location mm-hmm. wasn't good. Yeah. There was also some issues with like, with parking, with the yeah. visibility, the fact that... Um, <clears throat> the fact that the city never told us that Starbucks was going to open like two doors down from us and we were like the only coffee shop like on that street right right like on that block mm-hmm. for a couple blocks like a couple blocks down there was another coffee shop right but but still we we recognized that and then so we were looking for other places but then it just wasn't a good time in both of our lives to continue yeah, but also um a mini recession was hitting <laughs> so um yeah, things were things were tough for people all over, and other other businesses on that street started to close. Yeah, but right after that, then it, like that really when, hit. Then the really hit because like, we we closed like, like what two thousand six, and right after that two thousand seven, yeah. like the beginning of two thousand seven, <coughs> we closed, and then yeah, no, it started. It, it really did. Yeah. To, then yeah, like right. the real estate market crashed. Yeah, a lot, a lot happened. Everything, but um. So you're very good at trying to open restaurants <laughs> at the when the recession hits. So tell me the next time the you next want to open a business. And everybody so then, do not do it. <laughs> yeah, tell me so we can advise people. And then... Um, I'll feel it in my bones. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll write the plan, wait for the recession to hit, and, and then, then do, do it. it after. Right, right. <laughs> but okay, so then the Sweet Life Catering was after right. that. Wait, that was like... It was a few months after because people would ask me, oh, you oh yeah, because all the things you baked there yeah. were from scratch. Yeah. And then pe- and people would ask me also about some of the food that I made, if I would make this for their party or this for a baby yep. shower. The chicken mango salad. Yeah. So, the, so the your piña sister. colada cake. Your sister and her husband, I can now happily say husband. <laughs> But um, they both were encouraging me a lot to should open up a catering, open up a catering. So uh, 
then and you did like you had yeah. like baked goods you would the cheesecakes cheesecakes brownies. the piña colada cake brownies mm-hmm. cookies cupcakes and you would sell them in packages i remember like uh-huh. for valentine's for a Christmas, few times uh holiday cake i did a few parties too yeah i did a few catering parties um and i for one christmas event mm-hmm. i did um gosh a it must lot. have been like 300 dinner rolls baked from scratch and and um I mean, those are things I enjoy doing. It's just um, you just have to have the the people power to you know help out and deliver. And and I was doing it a lot myself. Well, I remember you saying a few times when we owned our cafe, and then even after when you did the catering, I remember you saying, "Well, I love doing all this stuff. I just don't like running the business part." Oh no, yeah, that's the the how much do we spend here and how much I don't like doing that. I don't mind grocery shopping. I loved going to the grocery store, getting all the ingredients, organizing everything, uh scaling everything out. I love doing all of that, but running the business, no, not my thing. That was your thing. <laughs> I think you may have like unofficially been my first client when you started your sweet life catering oh, could be because could i remember be. i gave you some activities to do to find the name remember how you how you decided on sweet life catering i gave you homework and then <laughs> that's how you did it i just i had it i had all these names on the um again a parchment paper because i used to I use parchment paper a lot to bake with so i just pull it out and tape it on the wall and just um right you were telling me do what do you want people to feel what do you want to feel when you think of the name or like the outcome of people eating your food or Mm -hmm. thinking about oh oh yeah well i want to call this place so Mm -hmm. so yeah there are different names up there but. I still tell people to do that strategy. Like, I still use that strategy. And then I remember when I when I told you to do that. And seriously, like, that just, like, came out of nowhere. Like, I was just like, uh, just do this. <laughs> I'm like, just do that. Put it on the wall and do it. And like, oh, it worked. You got a name for catering. Because <laughs> uh, I remember one of them was Easy Bakes. And we were like, no. my initials. And then it was like, it's like an easy bake oven. You don't want it to be like that. So, all right, easy foods. No. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that's that was your brand. Like, you're creating your brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, if you had unlimited resources, would you start a business right now? Yes. What would it be? Food. food, well, food okay, food, but like food. what? Wait, does that mean a recession is coming? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't have unlimited resources. I always had very, very limited resources. Okay, so if you, like what would it be? Do you have like a concept mm. or an idea or? 
Well, what I would like, mm-hmm. continue with the ba- having to do around coffee and baking, uh, mm-hmm. cafe. Um, I'm not sure if I would want to do like in a business area because I'm such an early bird. So I would like something where I can go in early in the morning. And I like that customer connection. Even where I go right now to go and get my coffee, I like going. I Sometimes I don't even need, you know, I bring coffee from my house and I'll stop by just because <laughs> I want to say hello to the ladies at the coffee shop. At the end, that's where I go. I want to say, oh, I haven't seen them for two days. Oh, but I have my coffee. That's okay. I'll go get a small one just to say hello. And then there's two two people, um, uh, a, a man and a woman that get their coffee there too. And, you know, sometimes I we like to say, hi, how are you? I don't even know their names, but it's just like, you know, just to say hi to people. So I like that social part um, of it. So, so, yeah, I don't know if they would do like, like in a business, in a business area like you know commercial business area so you would just do like monday through friday and be off like by four people get their afternoon coffee like like in downtown san francisco they have those like little places that are open at like Mm -hmm. yeah six seven o'clock in the morning and then they're closed by like three because or or even maybe even five six in yeah. the evening when everybody goes to work and they're closed on the weekends. Yeah, so I mean I've thought about something like that, um, because then that way I could get weekends kind of sort of to myself, <laughs> but not because then you you know doing other stuff for your business on the weekends. But um, but definitely something to do where I could bake and bake and bake and come out and mix and mingle a bit and um now that i now that you showed me how to make a latte and the difference between remember that you had i had to draw pictures because when i was in college i was a barista not for starbucks but i had to create a I created pictures and I drew like this much espresso. Like I created pictures of cups and like the bottom part. This is espresso. And then I like colored it in like this is hot milk, steamed milk. And then this is foam and this is a cappuccino and this is that. And that was my biggest challenge. Remember when I was using the espresso machine? (laughs) When you, you know, I would just pray that no one would come in at lunchtime and ask for a, a, you know, <laughs> an espresso drink. Espresso or the, no, the espresso was fine because it just pressed that button and it came out. I like, I like. Oh, using the that. milk that you didn't want to make yeah, steam no, milk. I didn't want to make steam milk because I thought, oh no, I don't know how to do it. And but yeah, so then that's when you make that whole diagram for me. Where's my chart? And then yeah, and then I we liked had being a barista. I like it. Yeah, it was nice. Now I have that little machine at home. <laughs> you just press a button. Well, but I can make my little cappuccinos now because you taught me how. <laughs> you know, we should have a Latin lounge party and cook and bake just so you could cook and bake for us. <laughs> All of the foods that we used to have on the menu—they were so good. The chicken mango salad, the tamales. Oh, the- the, tostadas the um 
corn muffins too and the corn muffins the piña colada cakes what else did we make um we we also made all that um tuna ceviche ceviche tuna it was tuna with coconut milk yeah it was so good coconut braised milk tostadas yeah like tostadas the jamón we made the tortas remember that chimichurri sandwich chicken chimichurri torta and the uh medianoche that was the biggest seller the The medianoche cubano yeah that was the biggest seller and then we also had a, a torta de jamón, like, like that's real, yeah, real Mexican real, style, like a lonche. An abolillo with a slab of uh, queso fresco, queso fresco and jamón, jamón, chiles jalapeños, and, jalapeños, and crema yeah. instead of mayo. Yeah. I'm getting, gonna get hungry now. Oh, and I would make sangria. I was just going to tell you that. You we had make, sangria yeah. and Mexican beer. Oh, we even had like Inca Cola. And well, we were trying to keep it Latin American. And we yeah, didn't have from Latin tortilla chips. We had plantain, plantain chips, chips that we would get. And pupusas that we would get from Estrella. Yeah, from we would buy pupusas already made. And the plantain chips. And the plantain made. chips. Those are really good. And we would serve the plantain chips with the... Um, <gasps> Vigoron! Remember we had Vigoron? Yeah. That was so and good. And then your Tia Carmen's um, cilantro, cilantro soup. soup. That was, that it was, was like yeah. a creamy cilantro soup. That was mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. I remember uh, we had um, my friend's son would only eat cilantro soup, so she would bring him and <laughs> only eat. Like, there are she was like, people. he doesn't want to eat anything. I'm pr- taking him over so he can eat cilantro well, soup. Mabelita, she would be craving the chicken mango chicken salad. Mango salad. Yeah. In her pregnancy, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And then the, the um, well, the baked goods, chocolate chip cookies also. And then the um, capirotada in the mm, cup. Oh, yeah. Well, Blanca gave They me, were like capirotada yeah. cupcakes, kind of. They were in little cups that yeah. I would bake them in. But With chocolate chips mm-hmm. instead of raisins. Yeah. Well, because my sister Blanca gave me that recipe, but I tweaked it. Like, Carmen gave me her recipe for cilantro soup, and then you tweak it a bit. So. We also sold, like, um, caldo de pollo. Oh, yeah. The pe- the guys at the soccer shop, remember, he always liked getting that soup. Mm-hmm. Chicken soup with yuca. That was good. Papa. Si, si, um, the corn. El- elote. Corn, yeah, yeah, elote con cebollas and, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should revive the Latin Lounge <laughs> in like in like ten years from now. We should revive it. Well, we could just have we could have Latin Lounge pop up events and just do like yeah, one there's... night one night only Latin Lounge pop up events. <sighs> I'm I'm just thinking about eating the food. I'm not even thinking about like all the work that we would have to do. <laughs> To make it happen, but and that would be interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, well, maybe it's a thought to look into. Okay, so if you had no constraints, you would open up a cafe at, and bakery for yourself. Uh, possibly, I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really thought about it. Uh, I'm, I'm on a different little path right now. I'm on a detour. All right, so how much of an entrepreneur do you feel now? <laughs> it was at 68.3%. Now I think it's like 
133. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean... I really want to tell you, Mom, that I seriously have learned a lot from you as... Okay, so I always cry in my Familia Emprendedora <laughs> episodes, so... But, I mean, like... And, and I'm right now, I'm strictly talking about, like, all of the business ventures that you've done. Um, I've seriously learned a lot, and they've influenced me a lot more than what I thought they did because <laughs> I guess like in the past or when it was happening I didn't really realize it but but now um now when I talk to people and I you know I talk to my clients or future clients and I give them activities and I think about things like I think about like oh wait my mom did this or my mom and I did this or or I gave that activity for you to do for your catering business like all those like those things like I like I I think about them now and they're still influencing me mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. life and my business. Oh, that's good to know. Thank you so much so for like, sharing that with me. Yeah. So I've always seen you as an entrepreneur. So thank you for always even without you knowing it no. <laughs> um keeping that little entrepreneurial spark lit up in me so thank you so much like i really love you thank you i love you too of course i do and and i'm gonna i'm gonna share something that uh a friend of mine a few years back i think you were all still in high school and she asked me uh because we talked about success a, a while ago and she said well what is your definition of success and at that time is when I was in culinary school. And she had come over and we were just chatting. Well, I was baking. <laughs> you know, people would come sometimes and, and talk and chat with me while I baked and fed them all these pastries. Yeah, I always <laughs> ate your homework and that was yeah. not... <laughs> it was good, but not good. <laughs> but I just said to her, you know, my my definition of success for myself is that my three children are happy respectful adults and and they become human beings which they they're human beings already that I know they're respectful but I I really wish happiness for each one of them because if I see that my children are happy then I feel successful so if my entrepreneurship touched you in a certain way well then i feel successful in my entrepreneurship <laughs> so Good. maybe i just went up a little more pegs on it. <laughs> it's 150 now but um but also um you can also we could also talk about uh i am one of your clients that you Gave me more homework recently. What, about a month ago we met? Mm-hmm. Um, since I said my life is taking a detour at this time, you have given me some, a lot a lot of pointers, a lot of homework that I'm still thinking about. And I referred to my notes and I thought, oh, I haven't done that or I haven't thought about that for a while. So, so thank you also for all of your input and influence in my life. Hmm. 
you're welcome. I'm glad I I'm glad it's helping you. I'm very good at giving homework to people, so I, that, I know that. <laughs> <sighs> and the best thing that this homework it's uh there's no wrong or right answer. It's you know, it's your experience. So do you a few years ago you started an Instagram page, Sweet Life Easy. Do you still use that? I don't. No. no. In, okay. fa- in fact, someone called me about six months ago because um, I haven't changed my phone number forever. And she said, oh, can you? I did her daughter's baby shower. And she said, oh, can you do some catering? I said, I'm not. No, I haven't done that for a while. And really, it just um, it just wasn't. I was still trying to heal from my uh, knee surgery and I just couldn't. I wasn't able to do it for her. But you know what? That's also something we're going to talk about because that is also another venture that you did without even really intentionally doing it. What? You created... Okay, so you used your Sweet Life uh, Instagram page for your catering, but then you stopped your catering Mm -hmm. business, Mm -hmm. but you continued the Sweet Life Easy uh, Instagram page by, by posting... Things. By posting things that you like to eat, places you'd like to go to, yeah. or restaurants and things like or that. Places that I go to and pictures. Yeah. So you're nature. you provided content. You shared yeah. content of import of places that were important for you that fit the sweet life easy brand, and yeah. people followed yeah. you for that. And pe- what would people tell you? You haven't posted for a while. And- where is this or how can I get that? Did you make that? that so. That's an influencer. Like oh. you're influencing oh. <laughs> other people's lives. Like you're 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 sharing every place that you visited. You know, people get paid to share things on their Instagram. And yeah, I'm not you could <laughs> no but 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 what I'm saying but what I'm saying is that like that's that's another venture. Like, what you were doing is, like, everything that you were doing is what people do now as a, quote-unquote, influencer as a business, to get yeah, paid. Yeah. And that's another form of income. That's another business venture. Mm-hmm. So you can add influencer, social media <laughs> influencer to your business ventures, like, without you even knowing it. But, but okay, so the reason why I'm pointing this out is just to come like full circle what I was talking about before is that a lot of people even myself included we don't realize that a lot of the things that we're doing Mm. are impacting other people's lives or like we're providing a service already or a lot of the things that we're doing are very entrepreneurial even though we don't consider ourselves that I I see I see your point. Um, I'm just thinking of certain friends and family that I go to for advice, so I can consider them an influencer. If I go to them for advice on, um, do you know I'm going to be traveling here? Or do you know where could I go there? Or have you used this product? What do you think about it? Even you know on a personal level instead of yeah putting it on social media instead of putting on social media like one of the biggest influencers around there from looking at it on that and is oprah winfrey Mm -hmm. from her shows and i guess she's talked about that 
how she had to do certain shows to be able to get to a certain level so people could so she can really deliver what she wanted to deliver Mm -hmm. and that's helping people um and yeah I, i mean since you're putting it in those words uh influencers in giving resources really yeah yeah sharing information sharing content mm-hmm. creating mm-hmm. content yeah yeah <sighs> one of the jobs that i had that's what i did i share i gave resources to uh families that needed resources for different reasons yeah oh so <laughs> I, all the things that happen in the nonprofit world, like, yeah, those are all run like businesses, too, except the, the yeah, that's just a whole nother episode. But like, seriously, yeah, yeah. like when I was getting my business degree, like I would put a nonprofit organization and a corporate and a corporation side by side and analyze them and they're run very much the same except the money coming from a big company corporation comes from the clients because they're selling product but the money coming for nonprofit organizations comes from donors through fundraising right so it's still income it's still a revenue stream except the way that they report it and the way that it is distributed in within the organization is different but it's it's still very much the same it's all business well i'm gonna tell you one thing you just jogged my memory that i just said this recently to someone that because you said if money was not limited if you had no constraints constraints but um, I really would love to be a professional philanthropist. So, you know, just have have people donate money so I can give resources to help others that they don't know how to get resources. And maybe there's a group of children that have never been to a museum and have them have that experience with their families. Some people don't know about their own culture and they just, you know, they're just thinking about where they're going to get their next meal and make sure that they're going to be able to pay their rent. So they don't have the resources money-wise either to go and have other experiences that a lot of us have. Yep. Like even going to the library. That's... So... You just created a whole system, a whole venture in right now. You just explained it. So, bueno. Es varia. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I definitely see myself more of an entrepreneur. So, uh I'm looking forward to your my next appointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day.
Bye.